Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year. I uh, have been thinking about this morning for, well, months, ever since I noticed that this is one of those years where both Christmas and the New Year happen to fall on Sunday morning. And there's a part of you that when you see that, you notice it, you feel like that. Right? You, you feel like, how are we going to get everything done and be at church? Uh, how are we going to stay up as late as some of us may have stayed up early into this morning and be at church? Uh, and I realize that's a lot to juggle and it's a lot to try to, to plan for and get ready for. And, and maybe uh, in addition to uh, the, the pancake breakfast that you were able to be a part of this morning, uh, and some of you were brave enough to wear pajamas here and I'm just proud of you for doing that. I tried to talk myself into it, and I lost. It didn't happen. So I know that's surprising to you. But having said all that, with all the things that are going on on days like these, I can't think of a better place to be on New Year's Day than in this place with you, gathering around the Lord's table and gathering around God's Word as we think about what it means to be people who, through Jesus, have this eternal new beginning. And we know that. We've been told that. We may at times struggle to to believe it, but we've heard it before. And yet we have moments like today where all of the different parts of our lives come together the different voices maybe that we have that speak into our hearts all remind us on a day like today that there are few things in this world that mean more to us than the chance to start over, to have a second chance, to to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be people who always have this opportunity to begin again? Christian author G.K. Chesterton once wrote, the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year. It's that we should have a new soul. Right? The, the hope, in other words, the longing of New Year's Day isn't just that the calendar's telling us that we're starting things over again. And, and you may be someone who, you, you may love more than anything else a brand new, freshly opened calendar, right? A, a day book, a, 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 an opportunity to say, okay, who am I going to be this year? You may, on the other hand, be somebody who feels overwhelmed at that. Last night, my daughter Reese asked me as we were headed over to, to celebrate New Year's Eve with some friends, she said, Dad, are you ever sad on the last day of the year? And I stopped to think about it, and I thought, no, I I know there's people that probably, based on the year they've had or some of the things they've gone through, that there really is a part of them that's sad as we kind of close the book on the previous year. But every time I can think of in my life at this time of the year, I'm always filled with excitement and anticipation, and I don't even want to stop to really think about all the things that happened last year. And I know a lot of those things were wonderful things, amazing things, but I'm just wired to remember the hard things first, the difficult things most. 
And so there's a part of me that just thinks, nah, I don't, I'm ready to say goodbye to 2022, and I'm ready to find out what 2023 is going to be like. And again, I realize not all of us come from the same place. Not all of us have that same kind of feeling on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day. But what I'm, I'm wanting us to do this morning, more than anything else, is to not fight the different feelings that we have on a morning like this morning. I, I don't want us to run away from that sense of newness that we're given an opportunity to experience in a moment like this. Because there's a part of me that's skeptical. You know, when you tell me, okay, th- this is it. This is a brand new shot. Don't, don't mess it up. Don't blow it. Don't, I think, okay, I know myself. And I know the times that I've, I've set out to, to be someone different. And I've tried to do things that are entirely new. And I, I have just fallen flat on my face. And, you know, this is definitely not my first New Year's Day. But I want to encourage you this morning. Don't give in to that voice maybe in, inside of you, just like me, that you call your realist that's really just a pessimist. That says, ah, this year's probably going to be a lot like last year. Yeah, there's going to be some similarities, right? There's always connections from one year to the next. But we believe in a God who doesn't just help us turn the page on a calendar. We believe in a God who speaks to us the promise that if we're open to it, that every day can be a day where we have an opportunity to be made new. Now, I want us to read together some words describing that power in 1 Peter chapter 1. I want us to just read seven verses together here. And I want you to notice all of the, the things that God is promising us because of Jesus. All the things that God is promising to do for us through Jesus. Peter writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you haven't seen him, right? And I think what Peter is saying there is, Though you haven't seen him in the fullness you want to, you love him. And even though you don't see him in all the fullness you want to see him now, you believe in him, you trust him, right? And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving now the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, in these seven verses... Peter gives us seven phrases, seven promises that God gives to us through Jesus. Right? 
new birth, living hope, eternal inheritance, shielding power, genuine faith, glorious joy, inbreaking salvation. In other words, a salvation that we're not just waiting for, but it's, it's racing into our lives in a lot of different ways. Some we know and realize and others we don't even know how to look for it yet. Now, what I want you to notice about all seven of these promises is they sound very different from the kinds of promises that we are encouraged to try to make this time of year that we tend to call resolutions, right? New Year's resolutions. How many of you enjoy making New Year's resolutions? Can I show of hands? This is not a test. I'm just asking. How many of you don't really like the whole idea of resolutions? Okay. It depends on the day you ask me. My resolutions don't sound like this. Right? It's not new birth, living hope, eternal inheritance, shielding power, genuine faith, glorious joy, and breaking salvation. It's eating bland food that's better for me than the food I want to eat. Being more active than I want to be because people who love me tell me I've got to do something. Right? Like I, I, I could quickly make seven resolutions on this screen. And the, the reason I struggle with, with the whole idea of resolutions in my life is not because it's, it's bad in any way to think about the coming year and ask, ask how do I want to be different? It's just that in my experience, right, New Year's resolutions are often promises we make to ourselves that we tend to break to ourselves. And when we break promises to ourselves, we tend to beat ourselves up. Because right, we, we all have things in our lives that we know need to be different, should be different. And it's not always just physical things we're focused on. As people of faith, I, I know all kinds of people who decide that starting on January 1st, they want to try to read the Bible in a year. You know, and things start out. When you're reading the Bible in, in a year, Genesis, it's exciting stuff, but you get to Leviticus and numbers and you got to want it. <laughs> and then if you stop, how do you feel? You know, if, if you miss a random Tuesday, right, there's a part of you that thinks, I can't do this. I'm done doing this. I'm not trying to do this. And I think part of the difficulty there is having the goal to read the Bible in a year, or some people read it in 90 days, the, the really ambitious people, right? You're, you're going to push through it in 90 days. Well, whatever the plan is, it can't just be a promise I make to myself so that I can, I can accomplish something that I set out to do, and that's kind of the, the whole thing. That's the whole project, is to prove to myself I'm able to be self-disciplined, or to prove to myself that if, if I say I'm going to do something, I follow through. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of that, right? But what I would hope is that if your goal this year would involve reading the Bible, that you wouldn't do it just to say you've done it. You do it in hopes that you're going to encounter Jesus there. 
and that that encounter is going to change you, and that encounter is going to remind you of the goodness and the grace and the mercy and all of these things that Peter talks about in just seven verses. That that's what we can encounter in God's word. That, that that's what we can experience when we gather together as God's people. So I, I don't want this morning, or fastly approaching this afternoon, I don't want this to be a day where I'm just trying to blow your mind with some idea you've never thought before on January 1st. What I want to encourage you to do today is, in addition to whatever promises you might make to yourself, knowing that you're running the risk of of breaking that promise, the first thing I want you to do is to try to decide right now that you're going to be as forgiving to you as God is. That you are going to have hopes and dreams for this year, and you're going to make promises, and you're going to keep some of them, and you're going to struggle to keep some of them, and you might not keep those promises. And that God knows you well enough, knows every single one of us well enough to know that when we make promises, we we don't always keep them and that God loves us anyway and is pulling for us anyway and has hope for us in spite of it and believes in us when we don't believe in us. And so what I want to encourage us to do this morning is to shift away from focusing only on promises that I make to myself, whether I keep it or I don't keep it, and realize that this new year can be a new chance for us to resolve to trust more in God's promises than in our own. You may not realize this. I don't think I'm always aware of this, but every time I've ever been able to actually keep a promise it's because God's empowered me to keep it. That when I, when I do what I say I'm going to do, it's because God has given me the strength to follow through. And that I've been open to that strength. I've partnered with that strength. I haven't resisted it. I haven't tried to take back total control of my own life because I think I know better or I haven't figured out or I'm, I'm the one who's got the plan and the strategy that's going to work. But that, no, that, that the best things I'm going to experience in this new year are the things that God is going to do for me and in me and through me. This new year isn't going to be a good year because of what I set out to accomplish. It's going to be a good year because God's in it. And God is continuing to make promises to me, to make promises to you, And the most amazing thing about God is God has never, ever, and will never, ever make a promise to break it. So I want us to look at this list real quickly, one more time, from 1 Peter. I don't know all the details of what 2023 is going to be like for you. I don't know the list you have the things that you want to experience, the places you want to go, the things you want to accomplish. But brothers and sisters, I know this much. These seven experiences are waiting for you in this brand new year because God says they are. 
And if you need an experience of new birth, if you need that sense that you can be someone else, someone different than you've been, then you can, you can have that this year. Not because you figure it out, but because you, you can be open to God performing that miracle of transformation in your soul. If, if what you need more than anything, if, if your, your soul and your heart have been beat up last year to the point where you're not sure that you even know how to hope anymore, you know what? This year, hope will find you because of Jesus. If you need to be reminded of the fact that the hardest things, the worst things, are never the last things, right? That, that we know where we're going and we know who's holding us and who's calling us closer and closer to him, that we are people who have this in, eternal inheritance, that, that in the midst of suffering, and Peter tells us the truth about it, right? That even though you may have had to go through these things, and even though you and I are going to have to go through difficult chapters of our lives next year, that you and I are also, we're embraced by this power of God to shield us from that suffering not to rescue us from the experience of suffering, but to shield our souls so the suffering we have to endure doesn't destroy us. And we don't just have a faith that works when everything's going the way we want it to, but we have a genuine, authentic trust in God that even when we don't know exactly what's going to happen next, we can rely on him. That we have this inexpressible and glorious joy in the midst of all the things that we anticipate in this year that we're just not sure about. If we have the ability to handle it, if we, if we have the ability to adapt to it, that in the midst of all of that, God promises us a joy that is better than we could possibly ever describe. And that even though... We have this eternal inheritance. We're not just waiting to get to feel what it means for God to rescue us and save us. But that every single day we have an opportunity to realize more and more what it means for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done in us. In our lifetimes. In 2023. This is what you're going to experience this next year because of God. And I find that I tend to see and hear and experience more of what I'm searching for, more of what I'm listening for, more of what I'm anticipating running into. And so I want us, each one of us, to be open to search for these good things that God will bring to us, that God will bring about in us, that God will help us to bring to, to one another. I don't have to know all of the things that are going to happen in this next year, in 2023, to tell you that it's, it's going to have good in it because it has God in it. And we need to have hearts and souls that are open to that truth. One of my favorite poems ends by asking this question. It's a poem by a woman named Mary Oliver. 
And she just says, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? What is it that you're hoping for? And as much as I love this question, I don't think this next year is going to hinge on what you and I plan to do. I think a better question for us is, who do we hope to be with this one life that we've been given? Not on our own wisdom and our own strength and our own ability, but who is it we hope to be because of, because of him? I can't think of a better place to be standing in the threshold of a brand new year than in a community of faith gathered around the table of the Lord, feasting on the word of God, reminding us that our future isn't just waiting for us, our future has been promised to us. We're going to sing together now. And as we do, I want to remind you uh, that our, our elders want you to know uh, that we're a church that prays for one another. We're a church that's there for one another in every way that we, we can find a way to be supportive. And so uh, our elders and, and their wives are going to be standing at these three main exits as we sing this song. And if you came this morning and you're carrying with you any concern at all, any struggle, any hope, anything at, at all that you would like to share with a Christian couple, talk about, pray about, any questions you have, if, if you want to know more about our church, if you want to know more about what it means to live a life following in the footsteps of Jesus, whatever it is, please go to those couples as together we stand and sing.